Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for the AEW news and reviews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me is Jenny. Hello. And 115 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Uh, so much to get into, but before uh, any of that, uh, let us do what we do every week to start the show. And in so doing, pour one out for uh, Jay Briscoe, uh, the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Well, I have a LaCroix Black Raspberry, mm-hmm. spelled with two Zs. <laughs> it's concerning. Mm-hmm. Sassy. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Okay. Diet Dr. Pepper. All right. Well, if we're pouring one out for homies, I think I've got the most appropriate thing. Um, yeah, I have a sh- short barrel toasted, short barrel, it's toasted barrel Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It came from that club. Is that new? Cool. Yeah, I've never had it. Um, it came from the the bourbon of the month i think i got the december one in early january because it's also still january and i just got a second one <laughs> so cool. i'm gonna try it out here we go oh that's not a nice so megan did they all come at once or did you just get one bottle at one time one at a time i think like, that's why i think the the december one must have because i'm sure my mom who got it for me ordered in december and it must have come early january because of the holidays because I don't know why they would send me three bottles all in the same month. That would be weird. That would be trying to like hurt you. So you uh, get yeah. So you get one like basically like December, January, February. Is that the idea? Yeah, I believe so. She said she got me like the like a three month just like you know trial thing. So cool. awesome. Well, cheers, everybody. Um, I don't like, you know, we'll talk about Jay Briscoe as we go throughout because he was kind of referenced and name dropped a few times throughout the show. And but uh, yeah, this was this was like a tough one for me uh, Tuesday night reading about this. He. um, My first Ring of Honor show would have been January of 2004 uh, in Wilmington, Ohio, uh, at the uh, little like hotel convention center there that's right off 71 oh did you have max nervous i don't think we ate before i think we we might have like pulled through somewhere it was me and lee and andrew and keith um we went it was my uh birthday present that year oh and and uh it was I don't think it was the first time ROH had been to Ohio. I think they'd done a Dayton show in 2003, but I didn't go to that. Um, so anyway, so this was even closer, and uh, or at least about the same distance. And uh, we went, and the semi-main event of that show was Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson versus the Briscoe Brothers. And Wow. And I went to most of the ring of honor shows in Ohio for the next six years or so. And, you know, Samoa Joe left AJ Styles left Brian Danielson left. Everybody left, got signed, went other places. Um, 
Brian Danielson left it and then came back. Um, but, uh, but, uh, and then left again, but uh, the Briscoes never left. And so I was, I was thinking about it Tuesday night and I haven't done the, I, I only, I, I would kind of like to like, just pull up all the Ohio results for that period and see all the different matches I saw them in. But I'm pretty confident in saying that Jay and Mark Briscoe are the two wrestlers I've seen most live in my life. Wow. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's a big part of why this is hitting me pretty hard. Megan, you've seen the Briscoes live a couple of times. I have. I remember that. I think it was Mark. It might've been Jay. One of them did like the pterodactyl screech and that really stuck with me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the one time that you, me and our friend Dave, um, I was able to like get in early enough on the pre-sale for for a Cincinnati show to get front row, uh, which is the only time I ever got to sit front row at uh, ring of honor because during that, like, 2004 to like 2008 2009 period when they were like a pretty hot like indeed like for with really hot with hardcore fans you had to like you had to be like on it to get those first couple rows um but anyway i i don't we we got tickets this was probably 2012 because we were in like sinclair times at that point right yeah they had been on tv yeah and 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 I think as a result they were running like slightly bigger buildings, so so it was it was actually easier to get front row tickets. Um, but I remember we sat front row, and I I don't know how it came up, but we 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 told Dave not to touch touch a Briscoe, and Dave kept talking about all he wanted to do was like touch a Briscoe, and and by God they there was some big brawl. I don't remember who they wrestled on that show. The uh, but, uh, the wolves. Uh, oh, was it the, the Briscoes versus American Wolves? Well, I bet that match was fucking great. Um, yeah, because I high fived one of the Wolves, and then the Briscoes came out, and Dave Dave did me. like a back slap, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, and then he made me like slap. He like touched my hand with it, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Got Briscoe sweat was, on you. Was there retaliation <laughs> from the Briscoes? No, but we were afraid there might be. Yeah, I was yeah, like, you just they... like touched a bear, Dave. Like, yeah. They were, they were very uh, convincing uh, psychopaths. Yeah, they, they like stalked out there and he slapped one of them on the back and they didn't even look. It was just like they were a, they had a scary vibe. And then I, I, I've been against generally touching wrestlers unless they like are a part of it. Like I high fived one of the wolves because they were high fiving people. I don't like yeah. when people just reach out and like get up in other people's space don't touch the wrestlers that's probably how it came up i probably told dave don't touch the wrestlers (laughs) megan i think that's a good rule to follow i think i think that's a general rule you follow and i follow in life Mm -hmm. try to touch as few people as possible yep and so naturally dave heard that and was like i will do the opposite and then i will (laughs) touch you with my sweat sweaty hand that has briscoe sweat on it I, uh, I, I sadly had to break this news to, news to Dave, uh, and uh, he was he was very sad. He was Aww. you know another another among us who loves the Briscoes, but um, yeah, what a lot like because I mean they were a they were a they were a tag team for like over twenty years. They were they were like a they were a tag team longer than the Young Bucks were a tag team. Yeah, and they had the same 
sort of like you knew they were never going to break up because they are legit brothers and that would be bonkers to break them up. So, yeah, they were always such a, I don't know, like a sight. There was a there wasn't a a draw to them, even though I was scared of them. (laughs) I'll say that much. And I remember hearing they they had like a chicken farm or something. And that was like part of their mysticism of like the lore of the Briscoes. It made sense. It was. Well, that was like the big thing with them um, in those like whenever rumors would come up about WWE, like wanting to sign them and send them to like Ohio Valley or to Florida or whatever for developmental. It was like they're not going to take the developmental deal because they make way more money than that running their chicken farm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like it would have, it would have taken like a straight main roster offer to get them to, you know, um, to get them to give that up. And then of course, unfortunately Jay uh, screwed that up for them um, with his uh, homophobic tweets back in, uh, what was it? 2015 or so. If you remember that story. Yeah, and it's you know it's it sucks, but he paid the price, and he's he was very contrite about it afterwards. And by all accounts, he was he was very interested in learning about uh, you know homosexuality. And I think it's just afterwards, and 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 I think it's something. It was a terrible thing that he did, obviously, or a terrible thing that he said. But I just I think it was an issue of like growing up in a rural area, area, not having any exposure to you know, to other kinds of people. Yeah. I, I was going to say not to excuse that in any way, but for context, it makes, again, makes sense to me that based on where he grew up, it's not surprising that it was probably a lot of like, dude, dude, like straight white men and uh, using gay as a slur, you know, like that, the fact that he did work and like, presumably changed his his thinking on that um by all accounts he totally did yeah i have to believe fdr wouldn't be friends with them if they were you know big homophobic you know bad people so um yeah i am totally fine if you learn and change and and it sounds like he did and yeah what a unfortunate sort of time period but also they wouldn't have liked wwe guys it would have been real bad. Would have been real bad. It's true. Homophobia it's true. saved him. That sounds horrible. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but you know, it also unfortunately, it, it it I think it kept them from being used on television by AEW in this last year because some there was somebody at uh, Warner Brothers who didn't who like didn't want them on television. Up to and including, like, not allowing any tribute stuff, like, explicitly on the air last night. Like, the wow. like the, the graphic, like, I think that was, like, the big concession at the beginning of the show. Oh, well, that explains they, a lot, because I sure expected more from AEW. Me too. Yeah, and there was more. Uh, there was, in fact, they, uh, they, I guess they took advantage of being on the West Coast and having an earlier... You know, being there earlier in the buildings, it looks because I believe between Dynamite and Rampage, they taped an entire Jay Briscoe special with like seven matches. And like it was basically like a Jay Briscoe tribute show that's going to be available to watch on 
uh, the Ring of Honor YouTube channel. Oh, that's okay. That's that's more in line with what I thought a Tony Khan would do. And yeah, wow. My understanding is he was just like his hands were kind of tied by the by the network. (sighs) It's so hypocritical. (laughs) The network. I mean. Yes, we have advocated on here before that, like, if you are a piece of garbage person, like, you should not be rewarded for that. Um, but it's also wild to me to think that they're punishing this one person um, when, like, there's got to be so much worse that that people who currently are on television in starring roles have done. Like, it's and, wild to take the stand right here. And, like, it, there's there's something to be said for people that make mistakes, do something wrong, and then truly try and grow and learn and change from that and have that redemption. Like, I I think you you have to take that into account a little bit. Um, I don't think you can just write someone off when they're, they're really trying to, like, do better and learn and grow. It discourages people from trying, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the differentiator. Like, if you're an asshole and you dig in and stay an asshole, you should not be rewarded. But if you grow and change... I think you should be given grace for doing that. Um, that's so. That seems like the most such incredible a, thing. Yeah. The most incredible thing is that after this show, TBS premiered something called Dana White's Slap Fighting League or Power Slap Wait, or whatever. He's allowed to be on. Sweet Jesus. On the televisions. Yeah. After all the shit he's done. After the shit he did on New Year's Eve. Oh my God! Yeah, called Slap. And he yeah. slapped his wife. Yep. Holy fuck. You fucking piece of shit network, TBS, and your hypocritical nature. Yeah. Yeah, that's garbage. Uh, he I slapped think... his wife on video camera. Yeah. Well. Apparently, apparently there's a line in the show that they did not edit where God. Dana White says something like, Sometimes nothing feels better in this world than slapping someone in the face, or so, you know, something like that. And wowzers, I, I don't know. Like Dave Meltzer was like really high, like talking about the hypocrisy of this uh, last night, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's completely ridiculous. But but what I mean, that's whatever. I, I so anyway, Jay Briscoe, uh, truly, truly an all time great. Who I, I think if he and his brother had been able to like, if, if they had come to AEW at the beginning, I think they would have like been gigantic stars on TV. Mm -hmm. I, um, I really do. You know, they had that, that trilogy with FTR, uh, in 2022 that I only, I only saw two or one of the matches, but, uh, everybody raved about all three of them. And, um, you know, I, uh, he was, I think he was, uh, taking his girls to like a cheer practice or something like that. And there's a driver in the other lane swerved into their lane and, and they just collided head on. How's his um, one girl doing? I know she went into surgery yesterday. I don't know the update. I know that I know that uh, she was, she didn't have any sensation below the waist. Oh my God. Um, last I heard, but yeah, so one of the daughters I think is doing okay considering, and then the other one had had more major injuries, and uh, and Jay and the uh, the other driver uh, were both uh, 
dead on impact. It's horrific tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so senseless. And what it like what and like you know a real <laughs> pillar of his community out there in in uh, um, Maryland uh, or Delaware. Sorry. Um, wait, is it Delaware? Are they from Delaware? Delaware is the state. Maryland is the no. Delaware, no. Maryland. No, nope. Maryland is also a state. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get up into New England territory, I lose track of where the states are. Baltimore is the city in Maryland that I was thinking you said as Delaware. Yeah, Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, sorry. I I, I get Delaware and Maryland mixed up, though. (coughs) Anyway, um, but like a real pillar of the community there to the point where, I mean, and I I mean, it's probably partially because of the daughters, too. But like, you know, the, the district that his daughters go to school in and that he coaches middle school football in like they they shut down all the schools for the next day um so yeah horrible yeah so i just i don't know it sucks and i i really feel for you know like his family and especially you know like mark who i mean i think i think yesterday was mark's birthday (gasps) Uh, no yeah yeah so yeah, just thirty-eight years old is just just way too young uh, to be taken. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's kind of the that's kind of the big story of the week. Um, hopefully, Tony Khan takes care of the family um, the way he did uh, Brody Lee's. Well, you said there was like a huge outpouring of support and stuff on twitter i'm assuming that like i don't know wrestling takes care of the family you know like i i'm assuming they'll be okay there was some kind there's some kind of um go send me type thing that's been set up um that's raised like i don't know one hundred fifty thousand dollars so far for something for the for the family um well probably hopefully that will cover cover the medical bills for the daughter yeah I really hope she's okay and, and the other daughter's okay and really just sending thoughts and prayers to the family. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we transition out of this, but um uh we'll 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 talk a little bit more about Jay um as we get into dynamite. Um because there were some there were a couple of tribute things that were nice. Um Yeah, and anyway. Uh, so yeah, so the impossible, the impossible segue, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to drive the car again. Oh, okay. I guess you guys are just, uh, never leaving the house now that Jenny's made that declaration. No cars, no cars. Now can we Uber and sit in the backseat no, with our seatbelts on? I don't on? think no. I like, I, I, it makes me so scared. I don't think we've I don't think we've driven since you heard this news. So. We haven't. I'm so I'm to drive tomorrow morning and I'm scared. I've got to get on the highway. It's the first I time mean, out. Not to diminish your uh fears, but Jenny, how often do you drive anyway during the week? Like, is it really statistically that different than an average week? No. I mean <laughs> I drive about four to five times a week. <laughs> okay. Which is honestly more than I'd like to. Well, everybody be safe out there uh, yes. and uh, 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say something I hope isn't controversial, but wear seatbelts. It's a, if not for yourself to prevent you from flying out of the vehicle and harming others, because that's a thing. Just morbid to think about, but for the love of God, think of other people. Yeah. Just, just pay attention. Go the speed limit. Be a defensive driver and cautious driver, and Mm -hmm. it's just God. Scary. It is scary. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's just uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, AEW Rampage for last week, um, which was a fine show, I thought, uh, from Los Angeles, California. We open with Megan. Uh, did you did you happen to see Rampage? I didn't, and I didn't realize I missed it until I watched Dynamite and was like, "Wait, when did like they were showing clips?" And I was like, I all right, awesome. we're going to fly happened. through this extra fast. Okay. We're going to fly through this so quickly. All right. <laughs> uh, we open with a TNT title on the line, Darby Allen versus rock hard. Juice Robinson. Darby Allen gets the win and a very un Darby Allen like match as uh, it was, it was kind of like, you know, those, you know, those like WWE matches where of like, you know, a generation ago when you were watching, and like where like the heel controls it and it's like a really deliberate pace and like the heel will like do a move and then like walk around the ring a little bit and look at the crowd and like i don't know i'm, th- I'm thinking like heel randy orton t- style kind of pacing yeah it was like, I know what you're it was saying. some real like like juice was like working that kind of style and it was i was not really vibing with it i was just like oh this is not this is not what i want that's which weird. i mean is there could G- be value in that and being different because it does stand out, but I just, it wasn't working for me. But isn't juice more of a, like a high flyer, or at least a faster paced sort of style of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I think he's probably just trying to like remake himself now that he's an AEW, but I mean, it does differentiate him, but I, I feel like he's going to have trouble getting over with this audience working that style. Weird that his impulse would be to go back to like go back to what you learned when you were in NXT and wanted to be Randy Orton. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, the acclaimed come out. Jenny remembers this. The acclaimed came out, and they were gonna they're gonna put their hands in the in the what do you call it? The cement. As it was just out on the uh, ramp. They didn't they didn't actually go to. <laughs> Were they gonna ship, the hell you? ship the Hollywood star to them? Like we took care Apparently, of it. Apparently, I guess that's how it works. I mean, all those, all those, uh, all that footage of uh, uh, handprint ceremonies I've seen over the years must be lies. What, yeah. you, what you really do is you go to a wrestling arena and, and then you ship it. Um, okay. Wasn't even wet cement, guys. So they're about to like put their hands in, but then the guns come out, and and Billy Gunn's like, you know what, you guys, you're right. You you deserve. You deserve this. You beat you beat FTR. You you deserve to be able to do this. So the guns are conspicuously wearing sweatpants, like plain gray sweatpants. That like yeah, no shirts. They they walk up to the to the cement. They're getting ready to put their hands in. The acclaimed run up from behind and pants them, and they're both wearing uh, like kind of jockeys, and they cover themselves up and turn around and then. And then Billy shoves them both, so they land butt first into the uh, into the cement. Oh. Jenny, what did you think of the segment? 
<laughs> hated it. <laughs> so wait, did you just get a lot of gun butt on national television? Because that seems weird to yeah, me. Yeah, one of them wore like um, almost like a thong type style. Like he had like let the you kind of looked like a wedgie, but I think I'm sure it was like a, a style for men that showed quite a lot of his ass and the other one just had like a you know whitey tighties that weren't white you know like thin you know like stylish looking things but we saw quite a lot of the ass of one who had the thong <laughs> well they are the ass boys yeah uh next up we had the house of black versus eddie kingston and ortiz and uh uh, obviously, the House of Black win this one. The bickering, mistrustful partners could not uh, could not stay on the same page, and uh, Eddie actually eats the uh, eats the pen here, and oh. uh, yeah, and then uh, Malachi gave a big uh, thanks to Ortiz for doing his job so well. Oh, but like like an evil like I'm just stirring the shit, not like an actual we've agreed on anything. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because Ortiz looked dumbfounded, obviously. Uh, next up, we had Renee in the middle of the ring with Paul Walter Hauser, Golden Globe winner. And I actually thought this was pretty good. I like it when celebrities are actual wrestling fans and not just there for, like, to plug up. Like, like, fine, if you're going to be there to plug a project, that's fine. But, like, it makes me happy when I see a celebrity who's, like, actually really into it. Oh, he'd mm-hmm. so much rather be in Jacksonville than in Connecticut. He did say that. He said <laughs> uh, he said that he always he always bypasses uh, Stanford uh, when and uh, and heads to Jacksonville when he can. Um, anyway, so they're talking about you know his fandom and stuff, and then Dan Housen comes out and uh, he's upset because. Even though he was the number one merchandise seller for uh, AEW in the year 2022, which is a true Sweet. fact. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. That's true. Based on the, the statistics that PWTs puts out. Do you out, think Jay d- helped support that? I mean, he, he has at least one shirt. Uh, and secretly 30 others that he just didn't tell <laughs> us about. Yeah. Amanda, fact check that for me. I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, when you hear this, I want to know exactly how much. Uh, Danhausen merch Jay has at this point. Um, I, I'm going to guess it's still just the one shirt. Uh, anyway, um, but he's mad because he didn't get a physical award for that. So he wants Paul Walter Hauser's Golden Globe. Um, oh, yeah, I can see the equivalency there. It makes total sense. Yes. Did they not do the, um, remember last year they did those stupid like um, awards? Where they gave people, someone last year did get an award for the most t-shirt sales. Was it CM Punk? I can't, I can't remember, <clears throat> but I remember watching something where they gave a whole bunch oh, of right. awards Dan out. Oh, Dan was all over that show, right? Yeah, but he didn't get an award. Yeah. So, but he would have this year. I don't that remember. Was, Do you remember what that was? They it did was the just, fake red they carpet, did, they right? Did their own, no. No. Well, maybe they did their own mm-hmm. award show and they just put it on YouTube. I remember that. Oh, okay. But I don't. I think. Are you? I think you're thinking of like the the useless all out red carpet that. Oh, that was terrible. That was yeah. like absolutely terrible, and they didn't even like do any angles or anything on. Don't even get Nikki Bella in like a nice dress. Yeah. Don't just let your people dress up and be at like at an award show. That's more interesting than you know 
what they did. Ugh, still bitter about it. I wish wrestling was more popular so they could have like an industry like awards show that people went to and like like the Golden Globes and you could see all the wrestlers dressed up and uh, you know like Well, isn't that what the Hall of Fame is? Yeah, but I hate the Hall of Fame. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> so I'm just think... asking, is that what you really want? <clears throat> no, but don't you think there are enough wrestling uh or celebrity wrestling fans that they it wouldn't be a big party, but you could get you could get a group together. You could just, you know, focus in on a small seating section. You could make it happen. Yeah, you could get like Paul Walter Hauser and Clarissa explains it all and uh Britta from community and they Freddie could, Prince uh, Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. The the Jamie various <laughs> the various rap and music industry people Swerve knows now. Oh yeah, like the entire the entire world of alt rap would be there for sure. Yeah, um, I would have no idea who they were, but you could fill fill some seats. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so Dan Housel wants the Golden Globe. Paul Walter Hauser's like, well, that's not going to happen because I just won this thing. That brings out Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And, and you know, their posse, which includes uh, Sanjay and the great Satnam Singh. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, how much better has Jeff Jarrett made this whole little group? I don't like him, but I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like there's a lot more to these guys now that Jeff Jarrett's here. I'm still not into it. He brings... This group's uh, not for me. <laughs> Even if... We don't like him. I do think he brings a a level of celebrity in wrestling to their, like, cred to their group. He has a uh, je ne sais quoi. I don't think he has je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, using, like, they're using Satnam better lately, too, which, um, as this broke down into physicality, was put on display as Satnam Singh... Um, dispatched of Danhausen by just kind of pushing him into a corner and leaning on him. <laughs> oh my god! It was pretty great, uh, which was good because Danhausen was not able to save uh, old Paul Walter Hauser from getting brained with a guitar by Jeff Jarrett. Holy! So does does their team now own the Golden Globe? Do they claim they it like a belt? The they got away with the Golden Globe. Um, and uh, they did not get to attack Danhausen though, as they wanted to, as the best friends and Orange Cassidy came out uh, to make the save, which of course set up Orange versus Jay Lethal, which we saw on uh, on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that takes us to the main event of the evening. Jenny left the room for this one. Street Fight, Anna <laughs> Jay and Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. She saw the she saw the blood start to flow and she's got to go. Um, this was, uh, you know, I would say so- somewhat reminiscent of the the big street fight that TJ had last year. Um, against was it the Bunny and Penelope Ford? Was that yeah. the yeah yeah? Um, the difference here is uh, Willow Nightingale almost killed Anna J. Oh my oh. God! What happened? She. They they did a they did a spot uh, where there was a table that was set up off the off the uh, the ramp, and she was gonna like do the thing where you like you know you power you do a jumping power bomb and go through the like Bubba Ray Dudley used to do with like May Young and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
Oh God, that was dangerous too. Fortunately, <laughs> she overshot, so she landed and crashed through the table. Anna Jay landed on the floor. <gasps> Is her head okay? I guess so. I mean, I guess she was. Was she out with uh, the rest of the JAS last night? I, I don't remember seeing her. I don't think either her or Ty. I think it was all dudes last night. Okay. Well, then that's. I guess that's not evidence of anything. That's but not like, a good or, sign. or they were just selling because they were just in a brutal street fight from from Friday. But anyway, so that was the big. The uh, Anna J was never seen again after that. Although I would guess that she wasn't going to be because you know, either you know. Real or, or fake, she got powerbombed through a table. So um, yeah. that was probably like the, the write-off for her character in that match. Um, Ruby Soho bled buckets. Um, it was really gross. But I have to say, she came off like a real big star as she uh, hit Tay with uh, her, uh, her move, the no future, into thumbtacks. And, uh, and, uh, and got the big win. So... I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the show, but uh, I felt real bad for for poor Anna Jay there. Yeah, they they showed a clip of I think the end of that match because I vividly do remember seeing Ruby Soho's like blood mask. It was so gross. Um, but I yeah I hope Anna Jay's okay. That sounds. I like... also hope Anna Jay's okay. Ooh. I haven't heard anything to the uh, contrary, so. She's not posted on Instagram, but she doesn't always post on Instagram. Okay. She doesn't post since the fifth of the month. Well, after my birthday, what's the point? I agree. Yeah. Oh, you never told the listeners what you did for your birthday party and how it went. Oh well, that's because we haven't had a show since then. I know that. <laughs> I thought you'd talk about it today. Oh, okay. Um. Well. Uh, I we hosted a wine tasting with our uh, friend from uh, Six Wine Four, and uh, we we sampled six wines, three reds and three sparkling. Uh, we had a good time. We had about I don't know about twenty people over. Yep. And uh, Megan came up. Mm-hmm. Fun to see Megan. Had, a, had an elite beat uh, in person uh, get together, which is not super common. Uh. Let's see. Yeah, it was it was a good time. What did uh, what did the how did how were the wines picked? Uh, <laughs> the wines were picked apparently uh, biographically. I will not say autobiographically because I did not participate in the choosing of the wines. But uh, Connor uh, kind of he 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 went uh, through the three reds and three sparklings with the idea of like my maturation as a wine drinker over the years where I started out only wanting to try sparklings and that started out with sweeter ones and then got into more complex flavors. And then finally, um, after a long time, finally started to get into reds and same way you go, like you start a little sweeter and then you kind of, you kind of work up towards, uh, towards drier, uh, flavors. And, uh, yeah, it was really moving. Actually, the way he kind of, the he did a, he did a great job. Yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had a great time on my birthday party. It was really fun. Me too. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. Um, yes. So that is Rampage and uh, Megan. I think that just leaves us to talk about Dynamite. 
Okay. Yes, it does. And we're in Fresno, but you California. Watched, you watched Live-ish, right? Live-ish because I think I started maybe like an hour behind. Um, but I wanted to see, you know, if if anything was going to be done or whatever. And I by the end, I was like, what the hell is this? Even though it was a great show. <laughs> It's just like oh, you were specifically watching for like Jay Briscoe stuff. Yeah, I was I, because yeah. like you pointed out, Tony Khan now owns all the footage uh, that could be used to make like a tribute. And he did right. so well with the Brody Lee tribute. I thought at a minimum we'd get some sort of video with a licensed song. Um, but I was surprised at the lack. But now knowing the reason, I'm more angry than surprised. Yeah, I heard that uh, as people were entering the building in Fresno, um, the uh, the Leonard Skinnerd uh, theme song that the Briscoes used to use was playing over the over the speaker as fans were entering. So, oh, okay. Well, that's I'm glad Tony Khan was like slipping it in where he could get around the you know TV execs or whoever was being a dick about it. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised initially that like. We got the graphic, and then that was it. Um, but now I know why. And again, just makes me angry. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're in Fresno, California, the Save Mart Center. And um, we opened the show with Orange Cassidy defending his All-Atlantic Championship against Jay Lethal because of the things that happened on Rampage. Um, apparently, one other stipulation that Tony Khan has set out is that if any of Jay Lethal's crew interfere with this match. Sanjay Dutt specifically will be fired. So throughout the whole match, Sanjay, like they show up in the front row and stay there, not ringside, but in the front row. And the whole time Sanjay has to hold Jeff Jarrett back because Jarrett really wants to like fight. Um, and Sanjay just keeps like yelling, like, you're going to get me fired. And, you know, Satnam's there looking intimidating, but he doesn't seem like eager to do anything about it. Um, and at one point, the best friends show up with beer and popcorn and also sit next to them. So it's like a whole thing. Uh, but unsurprisingly, Orange Cassidy does not lose the All-Atlantic Championship because he's Orange Cassidy and, you know, Jay Lethal's on the bad guys side. Uh, they have a pretty good, fun match. Um, there is no interference because Sanjay Dutt loves his job and will not allow it. Um but yeah. Any thoughts about the match? I really wanted that popcorn. <laughs> I can see it was like a movie theater tub of popcorn, even though they were at a wrestling match. Yeah, like I, I don't know. That seems like it might be the best venue for snacks because I've never seen giant like pop like movie theater popcorn tubs before. Mm-hmm. And man, I wanted one. They look pretty good. You know what I thought was cool about this match was the uh, was they showed a clip and talked about how Jay Lethal beat Orange Cassidy last year, which oh, yeah. when I saw it I remembered, but I had I had totally forgotten about it until then. I thought that was good to give some like more context to things. Yeah, I didn't realize it either until they said that. I'm like, oh yeah, they did have a match. Weird. Um, yeah. But it was a cool callback. Yeah, because and if I remember right, that was like that was like a setup for Jay Lethal getting a TNT title shot or something. 
Yeah, because I believe he won the match last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that was the other thing. It was like, look, Jay Lethal, and that was good because you, you know you say like Jay Lethal beat him last time, so he's like a real threat here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that orange punch he got him with looked really good. It was just like he like cracked him with it. It looked like, <laughs> which probably just means Jay Lethal's really good at selling, but you know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. After the match, the best friends get in the ring to celebrate with, you know, their their friend. And this is when I guess the uh, the qual or the stipulation does not get lifted that Sanjay Jack could lose his job because Satnam gets into the ring and he's about to choke slam the best friends, not Orange. And um, Sat Sanjay stops him. And I guess to be safe, he's just like, don't do that, don't do that. And then Jarrett is right there. He follows up with his guitar, but he gets stopped too. And uh, Orange does his slow kick series on Sanjay. Um, but rather than fight back, Sanjay retreats because he doesn't want to lose his job uh, again. So surprisingly, they follow the rules, but uh, they still, you know, hate the best friends and Orange. To be expected. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll probably get a what well, I guess a six man here at some point, or I don't because I don't think I I think Sanjay truly doesn't want to wrestle, so yeah, he seems. So I, th- I think I think we'll get I think we'll get a six man with uh, Danhausen and Sanjay on the you know on the outside. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, Sanjay has the pencil as long as somebody breaks it. Or antagonizes him about it. Well, that's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to wrestle. For sure. And, you know, the more... Trio's matches are probably a very good way of utilizing Satnam Singh at this point. Yeah. I I think he's done well with what they've given him so far. Even the times when he... The brief moments where he had to get in the ring and do stuff. They, they seem to understand how to direct him. Yeah, totally. So... That was the opening match. Good fun start to the evening. Um, after that, we get a tag team match between Top Flight and the Young Bucks. Um, apparently, according to, I believe it was Excalibur, the Young Bucks haven't participated in a two-on-two tag team match since Fighter Fest of last year. So this is going to be like an experience for them because, you know, they've been doing their whole trios thing. This is a little bit of a change. One man down. Um, but they seem confident. Uh, surprisingly, I guess, like, Top Flight, the the young kids take down the young bucks. Um, Darius actually gets to pin Matt Jackson, which is nice for Darius, who, uh, again, I say, is making a great comeback. He's He's finally found his groove, I think, and he's looking a lot less stilted. So good for him. But yeah, like... Top Flight gets the win, and I was a little surprised. And the crowd was not happy about it. This was, like, so it's very generous of, like, the Bucks to, like, put over, you know, another team. I'm supportive. I like I like the Top Flights. I mean, mostly I like Dante. But, like, I'm supportive of them getting a big win. <clears throat> I just think they picked maybe the wrong crowd. Like, I don't know, this Fresno crowd, like, I don't know. If not everyone got popcorn, but they were a little finicky. 
Like, they were not as hot as the last few weeks. And they, like, let their opinions be known when they were not happy. Yeah, I I agree. I I thought it was a good idea to do it. Because you have the story that the Bucks are, like, just completely thrashed coming off seven matches against the Death Triangle. Mm-hmm. And what probably is going to happen now is you've set up a situation where um, uh, the trio of Top Flight and uh, AR Fox can now get a get a title shot at the mm-hmm. uh, at the trio's championships. Um, but yeah, I think I think Southern California was not not the location to beat the Young Bucks like this. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess they thought they could go back to, like, the early days when they weren't putting themselves over. Not to say that they've been, like, abusing that or, you know, doing it unjustly. But remember when they almost refused to, to give themselves belts? Yep. Felt like that time. Yeah. I totally remember that. <laughs> Tony Khan had to kind of, like, eventually step in and say, you guys, like, you know, <laughs> it's okay to, to win. <laughs> yeah. The people know who you are. Like, you're allowed to get a belt. You, you've earned it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't even think about the kind of the setup for the trios. Seems like a yeah. Neat. I I kind of thought about that ahead of time, which is like like I I predicted Top Flight to win going into the night because I thought that that just made the most sense because you know it didn't do it wouldn't do any it wouldn't do anything for the young bucks to win this match. So there's not really in the tag team division anymore, you know, at least currently. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. What was fighter fest? Was that, is that, that's normally in the July. summer, like June, July, right? July, because the, like the very next week, Kenny came back. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's beach themed because fighter festival was on an Island and a disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good for Top Flight. I mean, they got to beat, uh, not beat, they got to fight the BCC a few times, so that, maybe that toughened them up for this one. Now they... Yeah, it was a good swing. match, too. Yeah. There's a lot of talent there on both yeah. sides. I agree. I mean, and the Young Bucks originally brought them in, so that was nice of, like, that to also come kind of full circle, too. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was time. It was time for them to get a big win. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. you know, it finally, just like with all these guys, you know. Like when like, Jungle Boy finally got, like, yeah. a bigger win. Yeah. Or Darby or, you know, yeah. any any of the young guys or, or uh, you know. I feel like Darby got his win pretty early. And then he threw Boom. it away on that TNT championship defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, speaking of. You know the young guys who are homegrown. Um, next up, we are we are going to hear from the acclaimed. We think, uh, but instead of them, initially we get the the ass boys, Austin and Colton Gunn. They walk out. Crowds like boo. We don't want you. We want we want our acclaimed boys. Um, Austin Gunn makes the assertion that you know he and Colton have done everything. For the acclaim to get them where they are they they gave them their championship they made them popular somehow and they even gave them their dad which is that's a fair complaint honestly <laughs> they did give them the dad uh at this point 
Well, they didn't give them. No, they lost the their dad to him to them by being bad sons. True. Way to go. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels like after that claim is made, um, we hear the claims music, and the crowd is very hyped to hear rap. But then Austin Gunn cuts them off, and the crowd boos him. And Max Caster's like, you people came here to hear me rap, right? And they're like, yes. So he demands that Austin's microphone be turned off. And then he he launches into his rap, which is all about how much the ass boys suck. Um, and the crowd loves it. <laughs> and, you know, then the acclaim get in the ring and they start to fight with the guns. And surprisingly, Billy breaks things up. At first, he pulls away. Colton, which makes sense, pulls Colton off Anthony Bowens, but then he like grabs Caster and pulls him off of Austin, and everybody looks really surprised. And so he was like, I'm tired of this shit. I want you all to sit down next week. We're going to hash this stuff out. We can't be dealing with this. Um, which I thought came out of nowhere because I'm like, I thought you really liked being with the acclaimed and you didn't care about your sons anymore. It seems like a surprising turn of events where now he's just all over the whole fight. Um, but yeah, he he has declared that they will they will get together next week and talk it out and um yeah that also got weird energy from the crowd. Well, I think I think they thought Billy was about to declare that the two teams were going to have a match. Oh, and then he said family therapy. Yep, he's got two words Which, for you. <laughs> do you, Megan? Do you think that that means we're going to get like? The WWE style therapy skits. Oh God! I will accept it if it is as funny as when Kane and Daniel Bryan did it. Remember you know who were in the? You know who was in those skits? Oh gosh, am I promoting a bad person? I forget. Scorpio Sky. Scorpio was there. Scorpio was part of the uh, of like the group th- of the group that uh, the like the anger management group that they were all in. He played a character oh. called Harold, and they need- and they needed a wrestler in those because uh, they had to because so, somebody had to get choke slammed by Kane. So. <laughs> I did not realize that was him. Yeah, I see a lot of therapy sessions on Bravo, <laughs> and let me tell you. They're all so fake. They're so like, I just want to fast forward through this like awfulness here. But there's one therapy session that was filmed on Flipping Out, which was Jeff Lewis's show. He and his assistant slash friend, Jenny, went to therapy. And Jeff is having basically this like, just talking aloud. And he's complaining about everything. And he just continues to talk. And then partway through him talking, he realizes the entire issue that he, that, that, that like his issue. And then said, Oh yeah, it's so-and-so. And then like, like figures it out. Just like, and it's like, I've never actually seen a therapy session on one of those like reality things or like these wrestling things where uh, it actually like worked. He, he had a breakthrough. He had a breakthrough. That was a great moment in reality television. Right? Do you remember any more details of it other than that? But I just I just remember it was like he was in the middle of a sentence and it was like like fireworks <laughs> went off in his brain. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> 
I just got there. Which was kind of like a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Which I've always, I've always said that flipping out was the most real reality show of all time because there were definitely parts of the show that were just really fucking boring because (laughs) that's how life is. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I love that show. Jeff Lewis is also, I mean, I don't think he needs to be uh, given a script. He's just got a, got a dry sense of humor and it works. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming people will be going through tables in this therapy session, though. It'll be a little bit different than Bravo. Yeah. Do you think they'll turn on daddy ass? You know, like they'll be mad. About it, or like how do, claimed will turn on him? Yeah, how do you think this will shake out? No. They didn't be happy about this this suggestion or the fact that he, they he broke them all up. Like, I just think it's working so well right now. Why, like, fuck it up? Like, hmm? I feel I like agree. that would be if I don't know. Don't cause friction when it's working so well. Maybe a couple more months once we've kind of like. People aren't quite so hot on it. Maybe that's when you can like start some of this, but let's not create tension and weirdness and when when we don't need it. Uh no, I fully agree. I you know. I was just wondering if, if they would. Andy has sent us a picture of Scorpio Sky being Harold. This was before I knew who Scorpio Sky was. In my defense. I knew I knew who Scorpio Sky was because of Wrestling Society X, but um, that would be the only thing. That's not young Scorpio's guy. Yeah, he was like, I don't know, his late 20s, I guess. I just, I love that series of skits with with them going to, and just the way it, like, the therapy always ended badly. Um, so, Megan, it. when are we going to do a, uh, when are we going to, like, um, really live out our dreams and do a uh, Wrestling Society X recap podcast? Oh, whenever you're ready, sir. Because um, <laughs> I have to say, like, I'm assuming if we go back now, when I first watched that, a young wrestling babe, um, I didn't know who anybody was. You had to explain who they were to me. Even, like, I think Evan Bourne or, you know, who he was that's at the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's who he was at the time. That was my context. I knew him. I don't remember if there was anybody else who I could identify. But since that time i've learned all the dirt on teddy hart which is wild and i'm sure now there's well scorpio's there apparently uh i'd be excited i think we should do it do a little little bonus okay let me just just for fun i'm just gonna tell you what the matches were on the first episode of wrestling society x i'm so excited okay okay the opening match of the first episode of wrestling society x was Matt Seidel versus Jack Evans. Oh my god, yes. And he was like a cheer or not a, he was like a jock who had like a cheerleader girlfriend with him. Yes, her name was Lizzie Valentine. I don't know what became of her. Oh, I remember him doing like chin-ups on the in like a video or something. Jack Evans, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Then there was something Did the Mexican police ever like stop framing okay? him. I don't know what's up with Jack. <laughs> Um, then the second, I guess there was only two matches on this first episode because the second, it was the WSX rumble and it was just incredible. Teddy Hart chaos. I don't remember who that is. Vampiro Puma 
I don't remember Puma. Alcatraz. Uh, X-Pac. Chris Hamrick. New Jack. And a man called Youth Suicide. My God. Is Puma Prince Puma? No. Damn. I don't. I don't know who WSX Puma is. That. So I'm assuming there's only two matches because that show is on MTV and it's got to be what, like 20 minutes without commercials. Yeah, it was. It was like it was a half hour like time slot. So yeah, so probably about 20. Okay, that is wild. We could run through that so quickly. Oh my god, we should recap it. I loved that show. It was I so loved weird. it the one time I saw it. <laughs> and how the whole time, like, the announcer guy, like, he was slowly turning into um, Clockwork Orange person. Oh, For yeah. some reason. Ryan Katz. You know, he ended up being, like, behind-the-scenes uh, NXT guy for a long time. I remember you told me that. I was like, oh, I'm glad. And he was the guy in the Villains like, entrance video. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Jenny, so Wrestling Society, uh, Wrestling Society X was sort of a wrestling promotion designed for you, but also sort of not because they had hardcore stuff. But what they did do that you would have appreciated, they would let the wrestlers do the matches at the tapings or whatever. And then they would chop them up to cut out anything that wasn't a big move or a dive. Oh, my God. So, so like, what? So that's like, wonderful. So they didn't make any fucking sense. Um <laughs> And, like, the editing was all over the place, but it was nothing but, like, high impact, high impact, high impact. And all and they were all pretty short, too, because, like, you know, like Megan said, it was, like, the show was, like, 20 minutes long without commercials. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was like, wild. hey, kids, you ever heard of wrestling? This is kind of what it is. <laughs> it's kind of like the um, the all-in match for the Bucks when they only had, like, five minutes to do their whole match. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And they would always have a musical guest, but I'm, I think those are cut out of the uh, the the DVDs, unfortunately. They couldn't even license with, uh... it? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's not uh, an HD. What? It's not oh, an Jenny. HD. No, they get, no, this is not getting released on Blu-ray ever. Probably. Is it like a, like a flip phone camera footage? No, I mean, it was a professional, like, setup. It was just, it you was know... A... It, it, it was an MTV it aired show. In 2007 and the DVD came out in like 2008, you know, like. And not many people have thought about it since. <laughs> I think about it periodically more than I should. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go, uh, go ahead. No, I thoroughly enjoyed that little rundown memory lane. Uh, and we should do that. We'll talk production later. Okay. Um, on AEW Dynamite. The next thing we see is uh, Renee Paquette, wife of John Moxley, if you've forgotten, talking to Adam Page, latest opponent and defeater of John Moxley. Um, Renee, of John Moxley. Yeah, concuss- well, you know, it's like eye for an eye. Can- Did he legit concuss or we're still kayfabe but concussing, right? I, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think he actually concussed him. Okay, good. Um. Renee asks Adam how he's feeling after his match with John. And he's like, you know, I, I did what I said I'd do. And essentially he said, like, if John has anything else he wants to say to him, he can say it to his face. Um, But it was like with respect, I think, like, it wasn't like, I don't know. It was his tone was very much like I did what I said I was going to do. We're good for now. 
But if you want to start something up again, sure, come get me. Um, and then Renee is like, by the way, John did say that, you know, you as a person push him to be a better version of himself, which makes him both um, him, John, like very angry and very happy. So, uh, you know, conf- conflicting feelings. But Adam, Adam, like kind of takes that to heart. And he's like, really? He said that? And Renee's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she she kind of pivots and says, so, like, what's next for you, Adam, since since you've had this match? And Adam says he has some stuff he needs to do, some fences he needs to mend, or mend but he won't get into specifics. Um, and then he turns to her and he says, you know, or he asks how John's feeling. And she says, well, you know, for the last 10 years I've known him, he's pretty much always been at least kind of injured. Um, and Adam says, he starts to tell Renee something like, tell can you tell, I don't even know if he says him, but he just says, can you tell? And then he stops and he goes, never mind. And that's it. So like, He says, he says never mind. It's stupid. <laughs> Adam is so precious. <laughs> but like the, the, that last part, they made it pretty clear that they thought that they, the camera wasn't rolling anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost which like, is as close uh, as you're gonna get to AEW doing the invisible cameraman thing. <laughs> well, and they uh, they definitely went with a different like setup here. Uh, she did not have a microphone, so they used the yeah, boom mics right. to make it kind of more conversational. I yes. kind of appreciated that though. The sound wasn't; it was a little echoey where they chose to film, but I like the idea of the no microphone thing. I liked it too. I I don't mind. I, I I'm fine with the microphone, mm-hmm. but I really. There, like, I am so old man yelling at clouds about this, but there is there is something about like modern wrestling where you have an interviewer in the ring, and 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 Tony does it, and uh, Lexi does it, and even Renee does it, where they ask the question, and then the wrestler takes the microphone from them, and like basically takes over the segment, and it's like, why why like why can't you just hold? You know what I mean? Like. It drives me crazy, and it's, it was like a it was like a weird um, that was like a Gene Okerlund sticking point where he would he would not let the wrestler take the microphone from him. He just it was clam- like, clamps he was like, down I'm on here it. to do a job, like like so anyway. But like uh, but yeah, you didn't have to worry about that because they were just having a conversation. Yeah, I really liked that segment. It, yeah, it, it was awkward, but yeah, I, I liked it. I feel like Adam's getting back to his old ways of like being enduring yeah and like caring about others and like you know having some of his self-deprecation and like so you guys think he's since he wasn't specific you think he's uh talking about his uh his old brothers in the dark order i wish he was talking about the elite but i bet he's talking about the dark order he's definitely talking about the elite (laughs) yeah i was like oh kenny and well because they just came back talking about the elite and he's never talking about the well elite. they're all baby faces now so so he's allowed to play with them again mm-hmm. oh good old adam i like the moxley thing i liked i liked when she said that he said that like he brings out the best in me or you know and everything i i, th- I thought that was stuff was good yeah yeah it's nice that like it kind of like once they I guess like the receipts were had, they they reached a point of like respect almost, like begrudging maybe, but like it's there. 
Yeah, and it's like now you can just you can go away from it for a long time if you want to. Like, and but it's always something you can go back to because they've set it up as this like this long term, you know, major rivalry between these two, which is so cool because I I don't think they were planning on doing that, and they just you know like I hate to say it, but lucked into Hangman legitimately getting a concussion, and then it became like a much bigger you know thing than it was originally planned to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out really, really nice for both of them. Uh, and, you know, I'm assuming Hangman is healthy again and not, you know, being dangerous. But he probably is. I just, I always worry. <sighs> okay, so that was touching and I loved it. Um, after that, we have the match um, that I wasn't super excited about. Jake Hager and versus Ricky Starks, mostly because... Just the Starks uh, action Andretti segment last week was off-putting. But, you know, they had a good match. Like, Jake Hager is huge, and he was mad, and he hit Ricky Starks really hard. Um, He didn't win. Ricky Starks got the win. But, you know, it was a good compliment of, like, big guy, little guy sort of stuff going on. Um, The hat was involved. You know, he loves his hat. So... Joe Lanza from Voices of Wrestling pointed out that um that you know the benefit to being to being a guy on the rise like Ricky Starks and being in a feud with Chris Jericho is that when has Ricky Starks ever been on TV this consistently? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like he because he was because he used to be one of those like on one, you know, then then he disappears for a couple of weeks, and then he's back, and then like, but like since this jerk, if you began, I began, I think he's been on TV like every single week. Yeah, Jericho yeah. has more clout than Taz. Yes, he does. <laughs> Sorry, Taz. Um, but that stupid bucket hat, like Joe Burrow wore a bucket hat to the playoff game and they last won. weekend, and they won. So you know, did was it purple? <laughs> It was black and it had like pins in it, like you know, like flare. Joe Burrow dresses like he thinks he's at Fashion Week, but like I don't think it's fashionable. I don't know because I'm not good at fashion. All I know is he dresses wild. Like I would never pick the outfits he picks. Um, but I think it's fashion? Question mark? I, I don't know. <laughs> Bucket you know, hat with Jenny, pins. You, you can you can buy that bucket hat on AEW, shop AEW.com. I do not want that bucket hat in this house. Are you sure? Okay. Yes. What if it's like really comfortable? No. Well, Jake Hager likes it. And it's purple <laughs> and you like purple, so I think you should give it a chance. I do like purple. I do not like that hat. <laughs> Um, I did like when Ricky Stark put the hat on and then um, did the top rope walk. That was like the cocky, like, you know, the way he does it. I thought that was funny, but. uh... I really like how Jake Hager sold that because it's kind of ridiculous to just let a man like just hold your arm and walk around like that. (laughs) But he like he had this like look of frustration mixed with fear on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think he was mostly just upset that his hat was, you know, was gone. Right. 
Yeah, like he wanted to sort of like jump and use the other hand to try and get it. Oh man, the listing is gone from Shop AEW. Who oh, no, knows? Maybe they sold out. Maybe everyone saw Joe Burrow's hat and was like, oh man, he and Jake Hager really know what's going on fashion wise. An AEW wrestler and the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's who I want to emulate for sure. Uh-huh. Oh well. I don't know where the hat ended up. I'm sure Jake Hager found it at the end uh, after he lost. Uh, but there was some stuff that happened after he lost. Um, you know, he was mad, and the JS, uh, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand were already out there, and Jericho was on the announce or at the announce table for this one. So they all run down. Um, Daniel Garcia and Sammy run from from backstage, come out, but uh, Ricky's too quick. He he flees into the crowd, and the crowd are like, "Yes, our hero!" Um, so they're happy to have him, but. The JS does not pursue to that level, so they just kind of stand in the ring and like shake their fists, like "You got us this time, little man." Mm-hmm. <sighs> Action Andretti versus uh, uh, Daniel Garcia on Friday. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What do you think? Do you think Andretti wins that one? I uh, I. Kind of like I almost feel like he can't just lose to Garcia after defeating Jericho so handily. I feel like he has to kind of keep running through him, and then and then the JAS have to get their big like comeback. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? I wouldn't cut Andretti Andretti off so quickly because he's only had the one match. So I would I would let him get another win. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could find out. They taped they taped Rampage, but I'm I wanna I'll be surprised. You want to spoil things for our listeners? Yeah. You only have to wait one more day. That's right. So we'll see. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um after that we get just like a quick little video package for Adam Cole who made his great return last week. Um in his talking head segment in it, he, or I guess his voiceover, he says that he's been imagining what it would like to get, or be like to get back in front of fans. And LA did not disappoint him. And that basically like the locker room should be on alert because he's back. Baby. Um, so yeah, uh, again, still, still pretty excited to have him back. Glad he, he is feeling good enough to return. Um, so we'll see. I have to look forward to seeing what he does with that. He did not name any specific, Plans in the video package. We'll see. Hobbs needs an opponent. Is is he back or is he still wandering around doing the Book of Hobbs? He was like, I didn't mention it, but he did a video on Rampage where it was like he was like he was backstage and mm. holding a physical book. Oh, he has like a his own little yeah like biography. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, he could. Adam Cole could go up against that. Uh, who else could? He, who else could Cole work with? Who's Who's a heel who like doesn't have a dance partner right now? Mira, I don't know. Is Lance, is Lance Archer still a thing? Yeah, I think so. Is he a heel? Mm, I mean, he could be. He's, I'm you know, not he's, clear. <laughs> yeah, he's occasionally a heel. 
Hobbs made me think of other like big guys they have. Not that Adam Cole needs to face a big guy, but we haven't seen Lance Archer in a while. Roosh? Roosh, he's a real jerk. He and Adam Cole yeah. have kind of like the same vibe, you know, like sh- shitty, like cocky heel, like yeah. fight. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Roosh and uh, a Roosh uh, Adam Cole feud. Yeah, I'll watch it. A lot of yeah. hair in that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they let us know what he's doing soon. You know, we just got him back. He's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. After that video, Tony Schiavone is actually talking to Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, and Chris Jericho about the, uh, you know, the match that we are we mentioned with um, Action Andretti and uh, Daniel Garcia. So Jericho, what what it starts out as is Jericho has requested a tag team match where it will be him. And uh, I believe he says Sammy first against Ricky Starks and Action Andretti. Um, but Garcia steps up and is like, hey, I'm going to have a match with uh, Action Andretti on Rampage. So next week on Dynamite, I would like to be your partner. And Sammy Guevara <laughs> reacts in a way I did not expect. Instead of being like mad or like, you know, not wanting garcia to take his spot he is just so proud of his mentee he says yes buddy oh i'm so happy for you definitely um you if you can get that win against action on dreddy on rampage you take my spot and he gives him like a hug and daniel garcia looks really uncomfortable like he doesn't know how to deal with this um but i like i like this this version of sammy he makes me laugh and he's weirdly supportive good for him (laughs) Jenny and I watched uh, the Sammy vlog for the first time in a long time. Well, it just it just came back after a long hiatus, um, but we watched it for the first time in a long time yesterday. Yeah. Um, and because uh, because uh, he and Ty were uh, showing off their new house and uh, they're big. They moved um, from their apartment or, or whatever. It was a nice looking place. It was in. a nice like apartment that they were in. Um, way nicer than his one that. Houston, years ago yeah. in Houston, uh, but they were definitely in uh, Florida. Okay. Yeah, but the the new house looks cool though. Yeah, the pool's really nice. It's got a bidet. They don't know how to use it. They got their bathroom floor soaking wet. Yeah, oh and they gosh. did not attempt to clean up that water. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's clean because technically it's hooked right up to the uh, water line. No, that it, as a person who had a previous home with a lot of water issues oh it you like want standing water on you got floors. some PTSD there yeah okay yeah. that's fair um yeah i'm sure the house is very cool because it seems like they would they would go all out the two of them that's fun go yeah it's really it's a nice it's a cute little house i like it mm-hmm. sweet remember natalie's house like the first house on total divas not like yep. the bigger house that she moved into, but like her first house. It kind of gave me those types of vibes. Oh, I liked that. That was like the I the, know the like I'm on the main roster, but not very high on the main roster sort of starter home. The second house was the one with the huge enclosed pool, right? Yeah, like her okay. first house had a really nice enclosed pool too. Oh, okay. Um, I loved her first house more than her second house, actually. 
Yeah, I was surprised when she upgraded because I'm like, oh, your, your other house was so nice and seemed like it suited you fine. But then yeah. also remember when Trinity and uh, John got like a huge house, but they clearly did not like they didn't buy any furniture for it. So yeah, it was they didn't empty. budget for the furniture or they hadn't gotten around to buying the yeah, furniture. It was like this giant house that was like mostly empty when they were filming there. It's funny. Yep. Ugh. All right. Well, switching back to the wrestling. The next match of the night is very cool. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Bandito. This is Brian Danielson's uh, his mission to get to MJF and get that title. Um, but he and Bandito have a hell of a match because they're both very talented. Uh, there is sportsmanship at the beginning. They do the shake, handshake. I like that. Um, but then they try to kill each other. And it, it's awesome. Uh, there's a lot of Romero specials thrown out there. Love that. Brian Danielson is surprisingly secretly strong. Like he, he like lifted Bandito. You know, like he was doing a submission, but it was like, or no, Bandito had him in a submission, and Brian just basically like, mu- like core strength himself. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was so cool that like he was upside down and he basically did a crunch all the way up sitting him like all the way up. Yeah, I I was like 180 crunch shocked. Yeah, upside down. was that when was that when Bandito had him in like a like it was like a standing figure four leg lock kind of thing. Something like that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, it was these guys bananas. The the technique was just out of this world in this yeah. match. I liked the um the vertical suplex suplex the too. stalling suplex yeah yeah like he Brian was like like an angle at the but then he got he got it all straight yeah, yeah. it's like Bandito was muscling him up and it's like oh no Dennis is gonna fall and then they both just sort of like locked into place and suddenly Danielson was straight up in the air and Bandito was like got this and it was just like wow you are very strong both of you yes God. this match was I, I was really excited about this match and it did not disappoint Band, Bandito rules what a what a great hire he is I, I really hope they um, much like Takeshita I hope they can like find room to, to push him this year um, because you know his other big match that he had when Jericho was doing the Ring of Honor world title thing was, you know, that title match he had against Chris Jericho on Dynamite was incredible, too. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to be impressive against um, different styles of opponents, which is great, you know, because he made Jericho look good. He and Danielson had a technical, spectacular thing going on. I I was into it. Very, very cool. Um, unfortunately, I think we all know Bandito had to lose, though, because Danielson is moving through the ranks. Andy. We do, but we've got some breaking news uh, from our uh, uh, from from Jenny on the Instagram from, beat. Yeah, from, yeah from the Instagram beat. Uh-oh. Uh, Sean Spears and. Cassie Lee. Cassie. They, I wasn't sure what her yeah. um, non-WWE name was. Um, had their baby. Uh, they named oh. um, an Austin J. Uh-huh. Apparently, after there's only Austin Gunn left and uh, Jay Briscoe as a uh, 
you know. Or or our friend, our little J friend. Could be our J friend. Whose last name I will not say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they had their baby uh, two days ago. They said it was uh, yeah. the seventeenth, and they posted a little picture of a little head and uh, two hands. Pretty cool. Congratulations! It's also yeah, got congrats. two feet. You know, all the fingers and toes. Yeah. Congrats, guys. And it's sweet that they named after Jay Briscoe. Okay. Um, yeah, so Danielson wins. Again, to me, not unexpected. Um, MJF, after the match, shows up on the big screen, and he's pretty bitter about this win. Uh, he says he didn't think the crowd deserved to see him live, so that he doesn't like come out or anything. Um, he is offended because he's beginning to think that people have forgotten who he is and how he won the AEW World Championship, which is with, you know, raw talent and whatnot. Um, he says Danielson has only been dealing with, quote, masked Max so far, but the closer that they get to Revolution, the more the mask is slipping. And um, he says even though Danielson is the dragon, the dragon isn't prepared for the monster behind the mask. So he's mad. He's not happy about it. Danielson's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Uh, after that, we we get a segment where uh, Soraya, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm are hanging out. Um, Soraya is pissed at Shida because she thinks she was careless when she threw the kendo stick into the ring last week. Tony actually steps up and defends her and says, you know, it wasn't her fault. She tried to get it to me. It didn't work out. Um, and then Tony focuses her attention on the match that she and Soraya are having tonight where uh, she intends to show Willow or no, Soraya's not in the match. It's Tony versus Willow, but she's going to show Willow why the uh, the non-homegrown talent are the best out there. Um, Soraya's like, hell yeah, I'm behind that. And then she turns to Sheeta and says, you better stay out of the match tonight because obviously you can't be trusted. So some discord there. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, Soraya and Tony are clearly heels now. And, They're uh, really mean to Sheeta. Yeah, and like talking about like these like homegrown AEW and like Sheeta like keep, keeps giving the eyes of just like what's wrong with you guys? When did you turn you into bitches? I I think it's I think it's a smart play because you could you could already sense the crowd like turning against Soraya a little bit. Anyway, and I think because of the match or because of I think just because you know she's not Sasha. Well, I, I no, I think it's just she's cool and she's a star, but there is something to her being an outsider. And like her, her first promo was a little bit. Oh yeah. Remember she was and where she like introduced, introduced the roster to us that yeah. we've been watching for three years. Yeah. So I think including I th- the champion. Yes. So I think like if this was not the plan, I think, yeah, let's just lean into it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it was not a leap at all for me to be like, oh yeah, these two are being real bitchy to Sheeta. <laughs> <laughs> Seems right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to their but match. They're not going to make, 
Brit a face. I she, think they are. She I mean, and it's Jamie time. were pretty. Pretty. I think face. it's time. All right. Yeah. I, I just. I mean, she was a face when she first came in, and that didn't work. Right, but then, like, so so she turned heel, and now she finally has like the full respect of the audience. So it's time to it's time to switch back. Okay, all right. She and she still has the attitude to hold her own. She, you know, she's yeah. she could be a face, but also like not take any shit. Yeah. We'll she's see. on the she's on the rock trajectory. Oh damn. Yeah, that's quite <laughs> quite a comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get to Tony's match against Willow, um, there is a brief interview Renee does with uh, Brian Cage of all people <laughs> and Prince Nana. Um, I guess next week Brian Cage is going to be taking on. He's the one who's going to be taking on Danielson for next week. Um, MJF walks up to the two of them with an envelope full of cash in his hand, and he does his standard MJF thing where he's like. Look, I don't care if you win or lose. I want you to break Danielson's arm. Um, and Cage is like, okay, I can do that. And Nana's like, sweet. Like, let's get that money. And then MJF slaps Cage because he's trying to, like, make him mad, which works immediately. Brian Cage is like, what the fuck, dude? And then Prince Nana is like, whoa, whoa, Cage, the money. And so MJF just goes, yeah, use that anger. And then... um and he walks away. Uh, so I guess like Brian Cage is motivated to beat Danielson, but he he won't. Couple of things. Uh, one, we forgot to mention during the Bandito match. That was another one where the crowd was like definitely more into Bandito, and and I think that's probably another Southern California thing. Um, oh yeah, with like a heavy Latino population in the crowd. Yes, they were booing Brian a ton during that match, which was you know, and Brian. Brian is such a yeah incredible wrestler. He's yeah. just he like, yeah, like no problem. I'll, he looked like he I'll was having that a, switch. Yeah, having a total ball, like being out there being a mean boy. He looked like oh, he yeah. loved it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And then next week against Brian Cage, he's obviously going to be like beloved. So he'll he'll be fine there. That's an interesting match because that's that's like a different kind of match than he he hasn't really had. Has he had matches against great big guys in AEW yet? I don't know that he has. Because it's a it's a it's a much smaller roster in general than the WWE roster. I can't remember who he was going up against when he first came in and was like undefeated. And it was like Omega, and then and then they had the Hangman feud. And Hangman's like bigger than him, obviously, but he's not like a he's not a huge guy. Yeah, but didn't he like didn't he steamroll over a couple people before that happened? Maybe I'm just. Miss thing. Yeah, I know he's remembering because he like he went through all the members of the Dark Order. Oh well, then ten. He he would have fought ten, right? But I wouldn't call ten a big <laughs> boy. What? He's huge. Ten's enormous. Ah. <laughs> I mean, nobody's as cartoonishly muscular as Brian Cage, but you know, <laughs> anyway. the one who uh, anyway. doesn't do steroids is okay. All right, I don't know that we can allegedly. You know, you know, the more people that like listen to this show, the, the less we can get away with th- saying things like that. <laughs> I think I'm we're, sorry, that back, back me doesn't tell lies. I think we're probably still at a safe level right now, but uh, yeah. allegedly, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, like, all I'm this sorry. Stuff. I have no idea if he does that or not, but he is ridiculously like humans don't get that big on meat alone. Anyway, all this to say, I'm looking forward to that match next week, and I actually didn't know it was happening until uh, just uh, until you just told me. So chicken breasts don't give you arms and uh, that neck muscle thing like that. Because unfortunately, Megan, uh, the Soraya promo backstage was the last thing that Jenny and I saw in this particular edition of Dynamite. Oh no! Why? Well, uh, Jenny is getting pretty tired, and so we turned off Dynamite after the after the uh, MJ. I guess it was the MJF promo after the or no, it was the Soraya promo. We turned the show off, and uh, and you know we planned to sit down and watch it tonight over dinner, and uh, we had some we had some mishaps. So we had some dinner drama. Yeah, I didn't realize you hadn't watched it, or I would have tried harder. Okay. I don't even need dinner <laughs> drama. He didn't try her. I'm okay. Okay. Well, we so we got an Instapot. Instant pot. I thought it was Instapot. No, it's not like Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Although I like that marketing. <laughs> and so we're still like figuring it out. Uh oh. Last week we made whole chicken. It worked really well. So we tried to do the same thing this week. It did not go so well. We could not get that damn chicken fully cooked to 165 degrees. And uh and uh things spiraled. And we think we think it's because I accidentally put the chicken upside down. And the neck was still in it. That probably didn't help you. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Things didn't go. We we had a we had some uh we had some Instapot drama. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that. Did you get it all sorted out? Did you eat um, dinner? <laughs> we ate some dinner. We finally got that damn chicken cooked all the way about at 7.30 when we started the podcast. Oh. You could have definitely so, pushed it back. If you well, no, no, no. Dinner. It was every, everything's fine. It'll all be fine, but I I do apologize for uh not uh finishing the show. Well, you only have what I say to go on, so sorry, but I'll try. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> the next thing up after the announcement that Cage is uh taking on Danielson next week, and MJF is uh monetarily involved, um, we have Tony Storm against Willow Nightingale. Uh, I got to see some clips of the Willow, uh, the Ty Conti, Anna J. Willow, uh, Ruby Soho match because Willow is coming off that and, um, she looked fine. Like she didn't look beat up or anything, but they did mention that might be a factor. Um, Tony Storm gets the win though. And she cheats. She cheats a little. She gets those tights. She does a roll up. Uh, Soraya interferes, like distracts the ref, and Tony does the roll up and gets the tights when, and the ref doesn't see it. So, um, but Soraya, like the drama continues on the outside, be- like during the match, because Soraya's out there to start. Um, Sheeta comes out about halfway through, and Soraya goes over to her and immediately is like, You stay with me. Like, very much like a, a disciplinary, like, mom kid relationship. Like, don't get out of my sight. Um, and so Sheeta doesn't, Sheeta complies, like she doesn't do anything 
she doesn't help or hurt or hinder. Soraya is the one who interferes and helps. Um, but after the match, after Willa loses, Soraya just attacks her anyway because they're mean girls now. So she attacks Willow. Ruby Soho runs out to make the save. Um, there's like tension between Tony and Soraya and Ruby and Willow. Sheeta just kind of looks like, oh no. <laughs> like she doesn't do anything, but she also is just like, she looks a little like, should I help? I don't know. Should I help? And she doesn't. Like she doesn't move. Um, but like Ruby and Willow essentially chase Tony and uh Soraya out of the ring and and they, you know, they're the mean girls, so they do the the backing up the ramp thing. So I did see this, like the the back part of this match because it got posted on Instagram and Soraya <laughs> tagged Sheeta in it, being like, Sheeta's still not doing what we want her to do. And Sheeta replied of like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> You told me to stay here. I did it. What do you want? <laughs> I stayed in the corner. Pretty much. Like, she was just out there to be supportive. She didn't, she didn't do anything. So I didn't, re- I didn't realize they went, like, they went, like, full on heel. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they were doing the full Mean Girls. Like, and the crowd was, like, very much against they them. They were into it? Well, they were they were booing them as they should, you know. All right. Um, I always enjoy a Willow match. Um, she, I have to say, like, I hate when straps come down on dudes, like, you know, when they do the their little onesie. But Willow, apparently, like, her, I thought her uh, gear all, was all one piece, but she did the straps. And I was like, hell yeah, when you do it, it's cool. So I was excited about that. Good for Willow. But they didn't fall down? No, she. I guess it's like a two-piece. And it's just, you can't tell. Because it's like, I thought it was all one thing. But, oh. yeah. I was just like, oh, when you do it, it's fun. Uh, when Big Show does it, I'm like, oh no, put it back on. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Tony and Soraya are mean girls. Um, after that, we get a Quick promo from Stokely Hathaway. Ethan Page is with him. Stokely's really pissed that Jungle Boy, like, made the declaration that he was done with them. He's not the one who has the power to say when they're done. Uh, Stokely does. And so, because of that, Page is going to go after Jungle Boy uh, on Rampage. Um, They have a match. I'm sure you saw that. Perhaps. On the internet, Andy? You get on the Twitter. I I don't know if you've seen Match cards i see a lot less twitter than i used to since i deleted it from my phone that's a good move i support it yeah so it's been working out okay i can still check in if i really want to but you know yeah but why bother Mm. (laughs) well that's a match that's happening on rampage uh tomorrow night as of this recording um next up we got renee she's talking to takeshita uh renee is like Hey, how do you feel after getting to wrestle Brian Danielson? Um, and Takesha's like, I learned so much from wrestling with him. He's my hero. I'm like, I'm here for him. And he says, now that he like he had a match with me, I'm gonna watch his back for him, which is just so sweet. Um, and then she's like, 
well, what about MJF? What do you think of him? And he says something in Japanese. Like, he does a thing where he says a really long sentence in Japanese. And then she goes, what is that? Like, what can you tell me what that means? And he goes, MJF's an asshole. And she's like, cool, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was like, yes, Takeshita, he is an asshole. Um, after that, we get our main event, and it's Kushida against Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, and I thoroughly enjoyed this match. They they just, like, announced this out of nowhere on Rampage this week, so you probably didn't even know this was happening until you saw the graphic, like, during Dynamite, right? Right, I had no idea. I was like, what? Kushida's here? <laughs> I was happy about it, but I didn't realize... Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fire up the the show just to see. I want to. I want to see the Kushida match. It was very good, and there was sportsmanship, which you know I love. Um, Darby wins. He keeps his title. He does the Last Supper. But there are some bonkers moves like that happen between these two men. Um, I think the most alarming one for me is Darby gets on the top rope or the top turnbuckle. And he does a drop kick on the outside, but Kushida transfers it into an arm bar, which involves like I'm pretty sure Darby just landing on his back on the outside because oh. he doesn't drop kick because he doesn't kick Kushida. Kushida moves and grabs the arm, and I'm just like Darby, why, why did we plan this? That's, I can I think I can picture what you're saying, and it, yeah, you're right. Like. So Kushida just, like, moved out of the way, basically. He, like, moved, but also grabbed Darby, yeah, like, Darby's arm. Because as he's drop-kicking, he, like, sidled to the side and grabbed his arm. So then Darby hits, like, he's not catching Darby. He just hits the ground, and then Kushida, like, gets him in the arm bar. It's wild, and um, I'm assuming it wasn't a botch, because that was the transition. But it looked like it really would hurt from Darby's ankle. Not that that's ever stopped Darby before. Wild. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, you should definitely watch it. But um, Darby got the win. Uh, they had after the match, Kushida like shook his hand, and you know they they had the moment where it's like, hey, we're cool, which I love. Um, a band named DKC and Kevin Knight, those two were also there to like cheer on Kushida. They didn't interfere or anything. Uh, Sting came out, and at one point they did toss Sting the. Uh, white towel implying that he should throw it in for Darby and Sting just took it and very like um, sassily wiped his face and then threw it in the crowd like huh, I don't think so um, so that was fun goth dad doesn't hey. betray goth son I wonder if they um, I wonder if they flew out from Fresno to, uh, to Tokyo because they're, they're big matches like in like two days or three days. I guess it's the twenty third. Maybe they, yeah, because they'd be like cutting it close if they don't want jet lag. Yeah, they probably flew out this morning. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was dynamite. Uh, it was a really cool uh, main event. Um, and I would love it if Kushida came back. He and Darby work really well together. I'm sure he would work well with other people too. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson could beat him on the way. To MJF if he had time. If he was still around. Maybe. Yeah. Kushida gets the main event. Wow. Yeah. Good, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. All right. 
that's dynamite. Thank you, Megan. Especially like you really had to carry the last uh, like forty five minutes of the of the dynamite show. Um, but uh, let's see what we got. So, oh yeah, so that we just got the elite beat plug of the week. Uh, Megan, you go first. All right. Um, I'm back on my true crime bullshit. Uh, but this time <laughs> it's in the form of a Hulu show. Welcome to Chippendales. It's really, I've only watched the first, I want to say three episodes, but it's got our, our friend, Kamal Nanjiani. He's not our friend. We don't know him, but we love him. Um, he's, it's all up now, right? I believe so. Okay. Um, it's a story about murder and male strippers, which I know is off putting to Jenny on multiple levels. But I gotta say, Kumail, um, he does drama. Like, like, dude can act, you know? I was very impressed with that alone. I, I am intrigued by the story, too. I, like, listen to the, the true crime version on the podcasts. And uh, so seeing this, I'm like, oh, I like I like seeing the, you know, to Hulu version. But if, if you know nothing about it, Kumail Nanjiani. What a dramatic turn. And he does great. And I'm very impressed. Well, you know, as a as a big fan of legendary TNT drama Franklin and Bash, I of course already knew that Camille Nanjiani could do drama. Did he do drama on that? I didn't even know he was on that show. <laughs> Sometimes he did drama. He was more of a comic relief character, but he had he had some dramatic storylines. Okay. His character was named Pindar. Okay. I've only ever seen him be comedic. You would like Franklin and Bash. Well, you didn't see The Eternals. Yeah, she did. I did too, and he was the comic relief in that. She watched it with us. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like that one. But his character well, was funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it was also, he was also like all buff and broody too. Oh, he's not buff in this. I mean, he probably is, but I'm pretty sure he's wearing, like, a, a bit of padding because the character he plays is not buff. He's not, like, a male dancer. He's, like, the owner of the club. Oh, okay. So. I don't know. I've enjoyed it. I mean, I gotta finish it up, but uh, if you don't want to see, like, a bunch of half-naked men, you probably shouldn't watch it. I think there's only, like, one or two peens. I don't think Hulu's okay, HBO. I, ask, I don't mind a shirtless man or a butt. I mind a peen. There's a lot of butt Wait, like, and a lot of shirtless. Is there like straight up dick on that show? Uh, I think at least one. Wow. I don't think Hulu's venturing Dude. into HBO territory, but they got, they, you know, you got some, some boobs and some like as much not without a dick as you can see on a dude in a lot of it, so... Hey. I don't even know what that means. If you love <laughs> if you love half naked men, get on it. Is what I'll say. Jenny. Well, I uh, I've been uh, catching up on my Bravo. There's a new show called Love Without Borders, where that like they get a person. Borders? What? Is that like Doctors Without Borders? No. <laughs> no. Where they get a person to agree to fly to an unknown destination halfway across the world to meet some stranger and live with them 
for 90 days until their visa's up and see how that goes. So I think there's about six couples. And uh, so far, there was one that was going well. And then he kind of dropped a ball on her of like, well, I'm not physically attracted to you. But he had been like kissing and touching and like, you know, acting like he was physically attracted to her. So I, I don't know what happened there. Um, the other ones seemed like some of them are just like straight up dumpster fire relationships. Like it is not going well for some of the couples. But it, I'm I'm intrigued. I can't look away. I don't know how long this season is because I'm on. I watched episode eight this morning, and they're only on like day thirty six of their visa. So, like, normally these types of, like, new shows, Bravo only gives you, like, eight to ten episodes. So, that's what I was expecting. We might get a full 20 20 episodes. I don't know. One of the couples already gave up. And a different woman was flown out (laughs) to, like, meet it. So, it's just... It's... Did they I'm start? Really did they start that relationship timeline over, or were they like, they sorry, did. the first Season lady? Day four. Okay, I, I was like, sorry, the first one got thirty days in. You, you only get sixty days. Yeah, no, no, no. She, uh, she gets her full ninety days. Yeah, I. So it's not like on Bachelor in Paradise where like somebody comes in and it's like, oh, everybody's already couples. Yeah. Great. Like, <laughs> no, it's not like that. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like a. It's on Bravo a, or Netflix? It's on Bravo. I watch it on Peacock. Okay. Oh my god. Little Peacock. I, yeah, I watch all my Bravo on Peacock just to support the channel, so it doesn't go away. Peacock seems pretty solid as a streaming. If network. we were actually paying for YouTube TV, we would be canceling YouTube TV. Yeah, we don't watch anything other than Dynamite on it. Yeah. Man, but hey, as long as we're not paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, gosh yeah I truly I truly do wish there was more that we watched because it does feel like a waste yeah Peacock gives me what I need I know it's I the know. only streaming uh, service she plug wants of the week. <laughs> <laughs> my plug of the week is um, I guess it's. I've been pretty busy this week uh I guess probably NBA 2K22. I've gotten really into that game in the last couple of weeks. I've been playing it a lot. Uh, I've got my got my center up to 84 overall. Um, I just broke the NBA single season record for blocks uh, with uh, in, in about half a season. So that was exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really I'm really good at uh, you know controlling the paint. I just had to like uh, attend a news conference where I got called out by reporters for running up the score when our team is up by 40 points or more. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are they still talking about how you want to get traded, or did uh, they drop that storyline? That storyline seems to have been dropped. Yes. Um, an NBA analyst uh, accused me of wanting out of Oklahoma City, which you know, I kind of do. But it was uh, very timely because I was watching and. It was kind of towards the beginning of him getting back in, and his team sucked. And I was like, your team's terrible. Like, how did you end up on this team? He's like, I don't know, but I can't change it. And then, like, you got the the reporter question. Probably because yeah. you're, like, on this terrible team setting NBA records or whatever. No, he was also terrible at this time. Oh, okay. 
had, I, I think I think my player was like sixty overall at that point. I'm I'm not, like I said, I'm up to eighty four overall now. So I've I've been I've been grinding a lot, getting that virtual currency. Um, yeah, no, but I've I've been having a lot of fun. I, I the NBA two K series is one of my favorite game series of all time. Uh, it continues to be great. Uh, just you know what they've done with kind of combining a sports game with a role playing game is actually really impressive. Um, and it scratches both of those itches for me. And uh, yeah, so yeah, NBA. 2K22. We haven't. We didn't watch it. We, the only the only movie the only movie we watched this week because we usually talk about movies and stuff. We usually talk about TV shows, but I usually talk about movies. Um, we watched a month in the country, which was a uh, a quiet uh, post World War One drama uh, featuring the first screen appearance of Kenneth Branagh and the first leading role for Colin Firth. Uh, quite a <laughs> Quite a little movie about uh, two soldiers suffering from PTSD and and how they uh, how they both deal with it in a in a quiet English village. Mm-hmm. What would you think of it? That was well behaved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe the uh, the hair on Colin Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth had some hook hair. Yeah. Um. And then we also watched Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, which you had never seen before. I hadn't, and I I was okay with like I thought the first third of the movie was pretty good, and then it it kind of just got real boring. We watched the like the we watched the ultimate cut, the three hour version. Yeah, I mean that's the way to go if you're gonna do it. Just go all in. Although I don't know, Megan, because like now, because I know that you've seen you've seen both versions because. When you watched it with your sister, you did not subject her to the three-hour version. No, which was so, a mistake because now she won't go back and watch it. And I can't force the issue if I wanted to. I, but I, I'm curious now. I'm wondering like how what they do to like if they fix the pacing issues in the no. in the theatrical. <laughs> no, I, mean, okay. I, I don't think adding thirty minutes would fix the pacing issues. You know what? Like the early stuff in that movie, the stuff with with, with Bruce Wayne in Metropolis as the big bat, you know, seeing his perspective of the of basically the climax of Man of Steel, and like it's very like kind of nine eleven evocative of him, like you know, kind of like walking through the dust mm-hmm. and everything, and and I, it's it's pretty eerie and affecting actually. I liked it all the way up until, and I guess spoiler alert, I don't know how old the movie is but you probably should have seen it by now um yeah up until the dream with the yeah. aliens and i was like what the hell is going on and then it just kind of i don't know takes a hard <laughs> right <laughs> like what yep. is happening i liked what you were doing before i liked i liked the tone you would set prior i don't like zuckerberg in it i think he was not zuckerberg he played zuckerberg Eisenberg. basically zuckerberg <laughs> yeah I don't like Eisenberg in it. I think I like him in general, but I didn't think he was a good fit for Lex Luthor. Um, I hated how they like melded the General Zod and Doomsday storylines by basically having General Dodd, Zod's dead body turn into Doomsday. I thought I thought that was lame. And then and then it's just like a big like kind of crappy CGI monster fight for the climax, which. I know that's what you're getting into with comic book movies, but I, I would really like at some point for somebody to do something different with, with the climax of one of these movies. Agreed. 
Anyway, yeah. yeah. Batman, BV, BVS, like not the worst movie in the world, but still still not not exactly my favorite. I, I still want to go, like, that's what makes me kind of sad I won't be able to convince my sister to watch the three-hour version <laughs> is because after seeing um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, I did want to go, like, we had talked about, I did want to go back and sort of be like, how does that Batman versus Superman feel now? Now that I, like, am in that, like, high of, like, shit, this four-hour movie was pretty fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that I was real bitter about. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I was, I, 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 like, a little disappointed because I feel like the casting was right. Like, I liked the Ben Affleck Batman. I thought he did a good job. I love the Henry Cavill Superman. Um, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is perfect for uh, Wonder Woman. Um, You know, the CGI was good. Like, it just, the pacing and I think the writing was just off. And I feel like... Do you think uh, that it was good that they brought up the fact that they both had moms named Martha? (laughs) Do you think that helped or hurt? (laughs) Is that a pro or a con? Why'd you say that name? That does seem like the kind of storyline that if you fed if you fed an AI like fifty years of Superman and Batman comics, that's what it that's what it would come up with. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> oh, the Martha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, well, isn't that the so. joke that the like head is an AI and not um, a person? Or is that the Marvel joke? Where did we see that joke? Oh, that was that was the the She Hulk joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that like She Hulk also takes a, a right turn in some in like the last episode. Okay. But it's good. No, <laughs> I'm still gonna watch it. It's a good right turn. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, like let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> That we, we've wasted enough of your time. Um, but yeah, so Megan uh, has been watching Chippendales on Hulu. Jenny has been watching Love on the Border. Without Borders. Love Without Borders uh, <laughs> on Peacock. And I, uh, I've i been playing NBA 2K22 on Xbox. So until next time, and hopefully, hopefully I'll watch a movie or something that I'll be excited to talk about. Um, uh, until next time, uh, for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. This has been the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>